I look at the digital video marketplace through the supply chain. And the thing that I think about, which I think is missing in all digital media publications, is writing from the perspective of, okay, something happened. Why is it worth my time? Hi, I'm Tim Thompson. You're listening to episode 59 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. Today, our guest is Andrew Rosen, the founder at Parkour. And today, our topic is industry earthquakes. Welcome to Rev Thinking, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. This is the conversation between creative leaders and consultants discussing what it really takes to run a thriving creative business. Hello and happy holidays from beautiful Southern Oregon. I'm home this week, actually for the next few weeks. I'm not doing much travel, but just spending time with me and my family. I have a family of seven, my wife and I and five boys. Two of those boys are off in college, so it's great to have them home. As you can imagine, a family of seven can be quite noisy. And maybe even boys add to that noise, as people tell us. But that silence that we experience when the time when not all of us are together is just a reminder of but the love and excitement we have for each other. So to be together for the next few days and few weeks as we're celebrating the holidays is really a reminder of how sweet, how great life can be when you're spending it with others. And the reason you're hearing my voice this, this episode instead of Joel's is Joel is taking some time off as well with his family. There's some time that he's spending with his parents his sister, his family, and his loved ones. It's a very sweet time that they need together. And I uh, just want to send my thoughts and prayers out to the whole Pilger family as they get this break and get a share in these memories together. Uh, we love you all and uh, glad you're part of the things that we're doing here at RevThink. And to you, our listener as well. We're very thankful for you. And I hope that you're enjoying your time with loved ones this holiday season. I don't get to say it often enough. I want you all to know that we are thankful that you're part of our community. You make our work so special. And we're thankful for all of you. Now, before I get to this episode where Andrew Rosen and I are talking about changes that we've witnessed in our industry over the last few years, changes that he calls earthquakes in his newsletter, Parkour, I thought I would talk to you about some of the events and programs that we have coming up in RevThink that you might be interested in. Starting this January, January 17th, we're actually going to launch a brand new cohort in London, England. Now, this first time event is going to take place right in downtown London. We have some few folks that are helping us coordinate the event. So the um, location will be uh, revealed shortly. But what we do know is Blair Enns is joining us for this event. Blair Enns is the founder of One Without Pitching. His thoughts and idea on sales and marketing are game changers for many business owners, and he's going to share them face-to-face at the cohort event. If you haven't heard of our cohort, cohort is something we started in 2018. We have had branches in New York and Los Angeles start so far and um, some of the followers of our podcast asked us to begin one in London. So we're happy to be meeting that community, reaching out and doing that work there. I would imagine this is going to fill up very fast. It is an invite only event, but we might not know you're out there. So please contact us through the website revthink.com slash cohort. And that's cohort with a Q. Reach out to us, get on our mailing list so that we can hear about you and we can send those invitations to you. Also, 2018, we started RevThink Europe. Marco Vaughn has joined us from Germany. He has began some one-on-one engagements 
with a few non-English speaking clients. Um, it's been a great growth for RevThink that way. And there's going to be some opportunities to meet Marco in the upcoming future with an accelerator program that he's building for us, specifically on marketing and positioning within marketing. We also are starting an accelerator in a, the sales area, the area of production. And Patrick Jager and I are going to continue with our partnership with Nappy on the Show Launcher Accelerator focused directly on content creation, development, pitching, and making the deal. He and I are actually going to start a new season with Nappy this January 22nd through 24th at the Nappy Conference. If you are a listener of ours and are going to be at that event and you've attended one or two of our show launcher classes, we would love to know that you're coming. There are some one-on-one -on -one opportunities for Patrick and I to sit down with you, hear about your pitches, process your ideas. We want to know that you're there so we can do that. We also have pitch day coming up in the first quarter of the year where those of you who have ideas and pitches for content ideas can sit down with our panel of experts and pitch your show. Now, these panelists come from production companies and studios that want to buy shows, that want to be developers of programs with you, and we want to give you an opportunity to pitch your content to us. So pay attention to Pitch Day as it comes up. Lastly, I just want you to know that RevThink is available to you at RevThink.com. We have constantly upload our podcasts, new articles, some posts. Please check out any of our social media feeds so you can keep up with the events that we have going on. And if you are a business owner, we want you to be part of our 7 Ingredients Facebook page. You can reach out and connect with us at seven, the number 7 Ingredients on Facebook. You will find us and reach out to us. We're so thankful for all the work that is going into that from our team and keeping that forward. And we want you to participate as much as possible in that. Well, let's now get into our episode. I first met Andrew Rosen through one of our clients. And when he and I sat down and I'll say compared notes to the things that he's observing, the work that he's doing with his newsletter parkour, I was excited to just meet him and ask him questions. Well, since then, I've subscribed to his newsletter and his insights that come through the parkour newsletter are just amazing. The collection of articles and thought leaders he puts together really give me some insight to the changes that are happening in the industry and give me a chance to consult many of my clients on what I'm seeing and hearing. Well, I didn't want to hold back. So when Andrew accepted my invitation to be part of the podcast, I was excited to do this interview with him and reach into some of the deeper thoughts of why he got started, the ideas that he focuses on, and something he's putting together just for you. So without any delay, let's get into this conversation between Andrew Rosen and I talking about earthquakes. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. I just want to say I'm a big fan of yours and the parkour newsletter. So I'm excited that you can be part of our podcast. Well, I, I am really flattered that you're having me on uh, today. Uh, and uh, you know, and meeting you guys this year was really one of the highlights. So uh, thank you. Yeah, it's so funny. I, I owe somebody a thank you note. And I believe it's uh, Jason from, from Cause and Effect that initially forwarded your newsletter to me and told me, like, reach out to them. Uh, they were, I worked with them years ago on you know, a, a longer chain of how I was connected to them, but basically a filmmaker knew them. I wanted to do something in the music space that when I was at MTV, I didn't think was being done very well. 
I had some good assumptions, but as, as, as is obvious, since I'm not doing it now, they weren't 100% of the good, uh, good assumptions. And so uh, they helped me produce some video content. We actually ended up filming, if you know the, the R&B artist, Miguel, uh, we did a video with, we all did a video together filming Miguel about That's a year fun. or two before he like took off and became this, you know, this uh, international superstar, which is very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I, those guys are great. And mm. I remember him sending me this parkour newsletter. And at first, I, I'll admit to you, I thought, I don't really know what this is. It, mm. it It's so packed full of knowledge that it took me maybe two or three, four of the newsletters before I realized what the pattern was yeah. and the insights that you put into the newsletter. Uh, no, thank you. I appreciate where you're coming from and that um, my approach is, my approach was I wasn't seeing something like this in the marketplace. Um, so your, your point about the patterns, the point about the curated information is, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of two points, which is sorry, I've got New York City in the background. Yeah. I, you know, the best part of podcasting with people in New York City is you feel like you get to live out on the streets as you do it. And uh, and we both know that there's going to be a siren driving down your street at some point because well, that's one of the effects. I was very nervous about that, but I keep forgetting that around this time of day, there's somebody who drives by blasting music and it's a different <laughs> song each day. So I, I, what I really should be doing is building a playlist <laughs> for what this guy is playing as he drives by 12 floors below blasting music. Um, <laughs> so, so, but your point about the patterns, the point of understanding what it is, you know, I, I'm doing one thing which I hadn't seen in the marketplace, which is I, I write about, I, I look at the digital video marketplace through the supply chain. And the thing that I think about, which I think is missing in all digital media publications, is writing from the perspective of, okay, something happened. Why is it worth my time? Um, and I write from the perspective of an executive. And, uh, and, and I think about, okay, if I'm an executive worried about my business and something happened this week, where did it happen and why, how does it impact either a particular part of the supply chain or uh, move different parts across the supply chain? And so that's, that's been a really unique, different exercise um, that I've been doing uh, for the past two years. Um, you know, in addition to you, my subscribers are C-suite and senior executives at Viacom, YouTube, Vox Media, Condé Nast, who are the other fun ones? Uh, actually, Parkwood Entertainment, Beyonce's company. So I've, I've got like I've got a good uh, influential readership. Yeah, can you throw my name in a couple of those articles with that yeah. kind of readership? <laughs> I want to <laughs> send me the stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll throw it in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to that later in the podcast. Yes, uh, that's I might be able to work my way in. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let maybe we can explain to our audience a little bit of what parkour is, and I think it's your story of origin of just. Yeah how you got started and why you decided to tackle on this part of the industry and even better make a newsletter that we can read about the, uh, the movements and changes within the industry. About two years ago, I was working on a version of a, of a startup and every conversation I was having, it was clear that I knew I had a better understanding of what was going on in the digital video marketplace than the people I was speaking to. And except for people who are actually in the digital video marketplace who believe that they know everything and, and, but hubris is a different point of <laughs> hubris is a different business problem, <laughs> but the, uh, no, but I, I was, I was talking to them and then I spoke with both a former colleague of mine who had worked with at MTV and then who I, who I consulted for at BET and then actually, uh, Scott Galloway, uh, the professor at NYU who's you know, growing in popularity and now has a podcast with Kara Swisher 
on Vox Media. Like I, I sat down with them and they both said the same thing. They said, you understand this stuff. Why don't you start a newsletter? And at the time I was trying to figure out, well, how can I stand out in the marketplace? And I realized, well, what if I just use the supply chain as a framework for curating articles and I'll curate an article each week for each step of the supply chain and each article is going to reflect what I think is an uncomfortable development. You know, something that if I'm an executive who's thinking about where my business is headed and what's going on during the week, uh, something that if I read it, uh, at the very least, I'll understand the moving pieces and something that Andrew, me, that I pointed out, makes me sort of question whether I'm understanding something fully. So at the very least, I'm thinking about it. At the very most, I'm one click away from understanding the story on a deeper, deeper dive. Yeah. So I think Scott was thinking of me starting a, a newsletter business along the lines of some of these major media companies, but that's a very, that's been a very difficult process because you have to really understand who your customer is. Um, you have to have a product that they like, and then you have to find other people a lot like them. And so yeah. uh, it's been a part-time thing for the past couple of years. And literally over the past three months, I've really been sitting down and thinking through what a full-time business model is and what's something that can be, be influential in decision-making. Uh, because I just, I find that most media properties today uh, and even the ones I admire, right? Like something like a Digiday, you know, they, Digiday starting to understand this about themselves, but it, they, a lot of their reporters will report about a development, but they'll never dive into the business reasons um, why the article is important to the reader. They'll never say, well, this is, this is impacting revenues or this is impacting costs. And I think that's what I love about um, how you've curated your articles and get them out there is, one, you, you bring attention to things that I, I've forgotten to ask questions about or didn't really realize the impact of it. You, sometimes you just understand the surface of the issue. But my mind is a curious mind. And if I really want to solve a problem, I want to get to the why. Why yeah. is this happening? And then, then even better from the entrepreneurial side, I want to know, well, what next? Right. So I know I have to create what's next. And when you when you start that process going for me, I can start thinking through opportunities or possibilities for my clients, for our, our own business, and to recognize you know, some, some relevance of the future, even if I'm not the influencer myself, but to capture that and, and observe that and see it sooner than others. I, I love that, that part of the service you provide. Thank you. I, I, and that's, that's what I hope for, right? Is that I, and and that's, there's another element to that, which you've laid out very nicely, which is I know someone like you has more information than me, has more frameworks than me when they look at an issue or different frameworks from me. And so I, I realized that I'm never going to wow somebody with my knowledge or that I understood that I understood something or I have new information for them. Rather, it's it's like a it's like a conversation with the reader, which is basically saying, look, I saw this. This part really bothered me. And if I'm really if I've and, and if I as the writer, if I've done that the right way, someone like you, Tim, are going to either click on the article or maybe you'll even send me a note saying, you know, I disagreed with that framework, which people do. Um, or they'll, uh, you know, or they'll, after I, when I catch up with them, they'll say, you know, I've really been enjoying your newsletter. I, I learned something from it. Um, and so, and it's, and it's an important read for me every Monday. And, and so, uh, you know, and, you know, the thing I've really enjoyed is creative friends of mine, people who are working in the, you know, the space that you're, that a lot of your clients are in, you know, they tell me that they feel like they're the smartest person in the room when they read, after they read my newsletter. 
Um, I don't know how often that's true, but I've gotten that feedback and that's, that's always very nice. So it feels like I'm doing something. Yeah. Right. That's why I wanted to, you know, get this podcast with you. Cause I do think that you are a resource out there for the creative entrepreneur, the creative mind to kind of get a cheat sheet of why they might be able to understand something about the business or market that they wouldn't have not recognized before. Yeah, I appreciate that because I want, there's a, I just realized there's a question you asked me that I didn't answer and it actually answers what you just said and also what you asked me earlier, which is why digital video? And I think that uh, you know, for a creative person, digital video has been a, a mixed bag of goods um, because if you're, you know, in, in one way, it's been the promise of a whole new medium for creating content and that you know, whole new medium means whole new rules, which means a whole new way of doing things. And there's obviously, there's, there's some appeal to the freedom of that. And I think we've seen a lot of that online, but there's another element to it, which has become more and more fascinating, which is that the internet is an engagement medium. And so platforms mm -hmm. like YouTube want creative that leads to clicks. They want something that leads to an engagement. And that's a very different way of thinking, right? Because it's not you know, you're no longer thinking in terms of the traditional word of mouth drive sales of soda off of off of um, off of shelves. It's or or any yeah, viewership of a commercial, right? It's yeah. now it's now much more in the line of the um, who's a company that Unilever bought um, Dollar Shave Club, right? That it, I'm going to do an ad, it's going to make you laugh. You're going to remember it, but also you're going to watch it again. And when you watch it again, you're one click away from signing up for that subscription model. And that's a very different way of communicating. And it's, it's exciting, um, but it's also really difficult. And so there's something mm -hmm. you know, to be in, you know, I think it's, it's one thing to be in that marketplace. I, in a separate business, I am. And, and so I, I have a feeling for just how absolutely frustrating and frightening and, and difficult and challenging and, and, and fascinating and interesting the problem is. Um, but then from, as an observer, I can look at this, it, it's a little safer, right? That I can look at the supply chain and say, huh, the, you know, this company did something really interesting in the video of the week or, huh, these guys are thinking about how data is going to, um, actually my, my, one of my favorite examples of the year was Duracell did a really funny ad with a guy whose batteries ran out, uh, while he was doing his fantasy draft, like his mouse, the, the batteries for his mouse button. And right. I realized that what Duracell was, was actually, well, the reason why they did that ad is not only because like sports betting is like a $6 billion, $7 billion marketplace in the U.S., but because also in New Jersey, uh, they, you know, they've just legalized sports gambling. And in fact, New Jersey right now is now on pace to be larger than Nevada, uh, I think in last month, last three months alone, um, larger than nice. Nevada in sports, in sports betting. And so that's Duracell also saying, hey, you know, our brand actually really should be attached to this, this fast growing trend in the marketplace is going to have a lot of money attached. And so we want to make sure that when somebody's thinking sports betting, they're also going to be thinking, well, I better make sure there's Duracells in my mouse. Um, and I think that's a really, uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's a totally different way of, I mean, it's a similar way of thinking, right? You're front of mind, but also at the same time, you want to make sure that that video is running on, uh, on Yahoo fantasy football, right? On, 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 on Yahoo Sports right, site. You can target the audience specifically. And that's the game changer, right? Yep. Is that you could take a brand, put it in front of the human that's actually going to purchase it at that moment and sometimes compete your your commercial space or your content space competes with what they originally clicked on to watch. Um, yep. And that 
need for engagement or capture that attention in a, in a very funny way, the commercial providers don't mind if you get distracted and go down their rabbit hole instead of keep on the, the same platform you've been watching or the same piece of content. Yeah, very different. Yeah, and it's an excellent point. Yeah. I mean, that's a really, that's a great way of putting it, right? Which is, I watch a Duracell ad on my TV, I'm going to then watch NFL football. I watch Duracell ad on ESPN.com, I click, and now I'm going to learn more about you know Duracell's batteries, so I make sure the next time I'm using my wireless mouse, I've got the best batteries that won't die. And then an hour later, you return back to the original thing you were going to watch on ESPN.com. Because right. <laughs> of the rabbit hole. <laughs> right. So funny. So funny. Well, you know, you use the term earthquakes as part of of describing it because these, there are large tectonic shifts that are happening in the industry to, um, and, and to recognize those and recognize when they're happening. Um, Tell us, give us an example of a few earthquakes um, that we've probably witnessed or are witnessing in our industry right now. Yeah. So the, the earthquakes term very quickly, just some background on it. I gave a talk, which, which people can find online. Uh, in, at DLD in Munich, um, it's actually on my LinkedIn profile, which I think you know the LinkedIn slash in slash a a r o s e n a a rosen, and we can put that in the show yes. notes. And so, in that talk, the, the the backstory was I was supposed to interview the chief business officer of YouTube, uh, Robert Kinsel. He canceled. And he had to cancel because of a, an illness, and so. I improvised this talk, and I was, and I, I'd been thinking a lot about the year before when I was writing about the talk. And I was thinking about, okay, if I'm, if I'm speaking to this room, because I was going to ask him about these trends anyway, but if I said, if I'm speaking to this room, I want them to think about the things that are going to scare them. And think that, that they, you know, if they really sit down and think about how, just how impactful these changes are, you know, and, and the big one, and obviously the most relevant one that I think that, that uh, your clients were paying close attention to uh, was P&G pulling uh, what was originally $100 million in digital spend in 2018, but that ended up being like $200 million. Jeez. They gave, I mean, they, they effectively said we are wasting money on digital. And then on top of that, they had that fantastic Super Bowl ad with all the, for, um, for Tide with the uh, David Harbor from Netflix. And right. That was so fun. And they, 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 in, in that moment, you know, it's funny that the original earthquake was them pulling a hundred million, but then the Tide ad told a wholly, totally different story, right? Is that, which is TV ads still are impactful. And in fact, TV ads are impactful depending on what your objectives are. So, you know, we're talking about the Duracell rabbit hole. Maybe we do want people just thinking of us front of mind, but we're not going to accomplish that if somebody's on ESPN.com. Maybe we're better off finding those people on who, who's still watching TV. Um, and so I think that's, uh, I, I, still, I still follow that one uh, because, you know, Unilever, um, well, even before getting into Unilever, you know, that earthquake kept on rumbling because the next earthquake P&G did is they went to all its, its, its holding company agencies and it said, look, if you want to work with us, we're going to handpick which agencies we pull from and within each of your agencies, which talent we want working with P&G. And then we're going to put them all in a room together and they're going to work together because that's what we want. And if you don't want that, tough luck. And that's just stunning. I mean, that is not how yeah. the market has worked for the past however many decades. I mean, it, it is a real, that was a jaw-dropping earthquake of a development. And so you, you think about that P&G, it was a development of two, late 2017, but it just kept on rumbling through 2018. And it's a really, 
it's just been stunning to watch, not only because of the gumption of telling all these holding companies, this is what we want to do, which was never the case uh, you know, for, for quite a long time. But then secondly, the fact that they then did a TV ad around the Super Bowl, which shouldn't, by, you know, by every digital media savant's arguments, should never succeed. And it, and it was a home run for them. Yeah, isn't it great that in, in this time that we're kind of witnessing, there are these visionary people and, and companies that come forward and challenge the marketplace in a new way. Most of us are kind of living out our career as, you know, as followers of that vision. And we don't necessarily have to be the one creating the earthquake, but if you recognize the opportunity and you can catch the wave as it happens, that's a, that's a business plan. That's a, that's an opportunity in an entrepreneurial marketplace to take advantage of those things that are changing. And most of the, most of the conversations I want to have with business owners are adding that strategy to the work that they're doing. So when they go into one of their clients and they're recognizing a large shift, if they can take the time and educate themselves, capture one of these trends that are taking place, now they're more informed of their own questions of why. Why does someone need to have an idea that plays out like the Tide commercial? And my clients want to conceive of and produce those commercials, they need to understand a bigger impact of why PNG is going after that, what that means to them in the marketplace, and then the, why the execution is so important at that time for that deliverable. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's funny, because I, I, I think what you're doing is important because if all these guys, if you think about just how impactful PNG is, you use the term like earthquakes, it's, it's people's heads are spinning, people's worlds are getting turned upside down, you know, the, all of a sudden the ground beneath you is shifting and it doesn't quite make sense. And then it disappears, right? I mean, in, in the literal sense, but also in kind of the in the uh, metaphorical sense. And I think that ultimately things are moving so fast. You know, most executives are inherently entrepreneurial if they have a decision tree, right? If they have an understanding of does this map to the decisions that I've laid out on the table, yes or no? And if it's you know, and if it does not, do I need to worry about it? And I think a lot of, I think that one of the biggest problems that I imagine your clients are dealing with is just the pure problem of information overload, right? And, and I'd love to know if you've had conversations where somebody is saying, like, I don't know my left hand from my right hand because of what I've been reading. And at the end of the day, it's really a binary decision, right? It's, it does this matter? Yes or no? Yeah. And, the, and the, the term I've been saying is there's a lot of opinions, but not a lot of knowledge. Mm. There's just so much chatter and so much talk. And I find that people take one idea and re- and different people will repeat it out and out and out as if that opinion is the new truth. And then you see some of the practical reality that the industry leaders are actually going toward and succeeding. And you realize that opinion was simply an opinion. If you had knowledge and you could uh, strategize with the knowledge you have, you could have taken advantage of, or you should start taking advantage of what, what the new market is yep. or what the current market is and compete in that marketplace. And honestly, win. That's what we're about. How do you win that marketplace? You know, it's so fascinating to me that where you can develop a hobby yourself and then, you know, start really a newsletter and it's an, it's like an email chain, an email list that you're able to output to the influence you're seeing for yourself even and, and the feedback that you're getting is a recognition that you've touched 
really on your own earthquake in a way. You, you've touched a, a nerve where people need that information and you're feeding that to people. Yeah, and, and, and but it's funny, it, it ties into what you were just saying too, right? Which is, I, I have a framework for how I, this, I mean, I, I appreciate what you're saying. And, and I, what I would add to that is, for me, I struggle with where to take this next, just because you know, your point about reading it three or four times and realizing what I was doing uh, is an important point, which is I have a real sense, I have a sense of how the marketplace is working. I'm doing something that clearly interests and engages some very influential people. There's still that question of, okay, what, what's the signal that I'm getting back from my audience? And what do I need to do to, to, to be better, to, to deliver them a better product, to be somebody that, that in addition to being someone that they rely on every Monday morning, is somebody that they, uh, you know, that, that they feel like they can get more out of. Well, I, I feel like the service you provide is you understand the pattern and how that affects the supply chain. Mm -hmm. So what you output, how you put things out there and what you output so the reader can understand it, the feedback you get from them is verification or maybe a challenge so that you can, you know, reconcile something different with the pattern you're seeing. But the position you sit is that kind of pattern capturing process. Um, and it, it has a lot of value, has lots of value to it. Let me ask you this, because I know to get you on the phone today, you're very busy. You have... What is it? Five newsletters you're outputting at the end of the year? Yeah, I'm doing. I normally write one every. I usually I usually write one every Sunday night. It usually takes me about four hours, and then and then I'm done. Um, you know, four hours on a Sunday, and then I have one piece of, of content that that keeps me front of mind and influencing some you know, to my readers. And you know, they're all in in positions where they're either someone like you who's dealing with clients who are dealing with some very difficult questions and and in a in a fast changing marketplace or it's you know there's some of their executives who just don't uh who have a little bit of time and they appreciate the brevity with which i write and they trust what i curate and so it's normally four hours uh this week i have to write i'm writing five newsletters in a different format and i've written i want to say 50 newsletters over the course of 2018 and there's six articles in each newsletter from which I'm curating. Actually, maybe more because there's all other hyperlinks. And so I'm, you know, hen pecking through all those to redo to 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 build these five newsletters about each step of the supply chain. Uh, ideation went out on Monday. Um, we can have I, I'll send you the link so they can be in the uh, at the bottom of the podcast yeah, show notes. This morning production went out, and then tomorrow we'll be hosting. Thursday will be. Uh, be distribution monetization and then Friday's you know big macro trends kind of those PNG type earthquakes we were talking about and, and uh, repeat those five again because each newsletter highlights those five areas so repeat those again so the listeners know what you usually capture and then what and then this at the end of the year now you're summarizing each, That's right. of, the, each of those five characters each one yeah sure characters. so each each newsletter typically has uh, each newsletter has a standard format. I basically I curate a video of the week, something that was interesting that reflects a market development, and then I'll curate an article for each step of the supply chain. So ideation, production, hosting, distribution, monetization, and then customer research. So those are really the six sections of each newsletter. Each article has a header, subheader, and no more, never any more than three sentences about the article above. So it's a super, super fast read. And I try to write for brevity's sake, though I'm not always successful, as you can tell. Um, but then the second part <laughs> is, uh, 
But the second part of it is what I'm doing this week is I'm saying, okay, what happened in the ideation stage of the supply chain in 2018? And I curate a video. Uh, I actually made predictions at the end of last year, at the end of 2017, uh, and including a section basically like, how did I do? Was I, you know, was I, was I right? Was I wrong? And then there's a, I, I curate, I basically highlight a lesson, something that was a key learning of 2018. Uh, and then I make a prediction for 2019. Uh, and then I curate a, a bunch of other articles. Uh, I'm not doing a customer research article because it's easier just to integrate data slides into each newsletter. So I'm also, there's also data uh, from over the year uh, from research reports that are incorporated too. So tell us, how did you do on those predictions? Actually, Before I read your 2019, <laughs> I want to know how good you were for 2018. Think, uh, right now, I, I think I was about, I think it was about five. I, I, there's one that I really don't know how to describe because it, 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 I mean, it was a mistake to make a, a bet in that space. Um, well, let me start right. with the one that I nailed. The one that I absolutely nailed and I'm going to pound my chest about uh, is, and this is, this is going to be tomorrow's newsletter, but that, I thought Twitch was going to win, and I thought Facebook was Facebook Watch was going to be a loser. Uh, and you look at the you look at the metrics, and you know Twitch Twitch hosted a conference a month or two ago, uh, and at it they announced that at any given moment a million people a million people are live streaming on Twitch, which is just a, a wow. stunning amount of, uh, of content. And then they say that there've been in the year to date through October 150 billion clips were uploaded. Twitch. And Facebook comes out and they said, hey, you know, we have 75 million people who've watched content that um, for at least one minute. And <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, Wait, when is the industry standard <laughs> at least one minute of viewing time? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 so, and so then somebody, I think somebody asked Facebook, like, does one minute include less than one minute? You know, they got a short email response and said, yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my so, god! So it's a it's a really it's so that so that one I nailed. The one that I, I I'm really kind of I, I kind of wish I hadn't made the, the prediction. But this relates actually to what your your clients work in is a programmatic. Um, I thought that th there was a really interesting problem going on, which is that advertisers were really were realizing that on programmatic ad exchanges that there was data that publishers didn't realize that they were revealing about their users, right? So like the Condé Nast GQ would serve up ad programmatic ad inventory. Um, and what, uh, you know, a, let's say like a, a, a skincare brand, right? Like Neutrogena men's care, they would go in to buy the inventory and they realized that GQ didn't realize that it was actually sharing a lot more about its users than, it normally would on these exchanges. And so there was this thing called data leakage that was happening at the end of 2017. And so in my mind, I was thinking, oh, you know, publishers are at some point are just going to be kicking and screaming to, to stop this because otherwise it's suicide then to continue to put it to go on programmatic. But that didn't happen at all. So it's still leaking today? I can go data mine? You, you can go data mine. You can, you can get better information <laughs> on users by running programmatic than by going to New York Times or, or .com or GQ.com and saying, hey, we want to serve ads. Um, and so it's, I, that was a, it's a weird marketplace. If I were to do it again, I wouldn't have made that prediction. But I just thought, it, I thought there was going to be more fireworks, electricity, you know, angry headlines from you know, the, you know, uh, one of the Salzburgers in New York Times.com or the head of Condé Nast, but 
the reality is Condé Nast imploded this year. Um, and yeah. the Times really focused more on driving subscription revenues. Um, and they've been, there seems to be some, there seems to be some acceptance. Well, New York Times had a take on uh, Donald Trump this well, year. That. that was what they <laughs> wanted to do, was make sure <laughs> they had one focus, the yeah, president. They, you know, they, that was a fun pod to do, uh, dance. Oh. So again, like I, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I truly am a fan of parkour and what you do. So I, I kind of want to leak a little bit here of what where our plans are with you for the next year and what our hope to launch is. We're collaborating, you and I and my team at RevThink and your entire team at Parkour are going to put together our own newsletter that we're going to call it Earthquakes. Our desire is to create a newsletter much like the information newsletter you already produce, but one that would be industry specific for the majority of our our business owners and followers out there. You want to give a highlight of things that you you want to tackle and um, our desire of working together for the next year with this new newsletter? Yes, for sure. I mean, I, I think the, first of all, thank you guys for the opportunity. It's, it's one that I'm excited about. Again, like meeting you guys last year was one of the highlights. Um, thank you. So the opportunity to work with you guys is a, is a, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I, you know, I think the, uh, you know, the seven ingredients actually offers a really interesting framework because it, you know, coming back to the point you made about the design of the newsletter as it is currently, and then communicating with your clients, what we're going to be able to do together is I can now start looking at articles and thinking about, you know, how it uh, pertains to your clients uh, in terms of the, you know, the key seven ingredients for success. And so I think that's a, that actually adds a little bit of, in some ways I'm already doing that, but in other ways, it's just going to allow me to add a little bit of color and a little bit of something extra so that when your clients read it, um, it's not just them being given a framework to think about the, the uh, development, but it's a framework for you to work with them and then to work with you uh, to discuss developments in the marketplace. And so that, that's something I'm excited yeah, about. Yeah. And I find it to be an uh, awesome opportunity for readership and that a lot of the stuff we produce out of RevThink has our structure and framework and some of the practical things of running a business. But you and I know that if you're not looking beyond just your bubble of your own company into the macro trends of, of the industry, you can't really plan or strategize or develop a, a new new areas yep. of business or new areas of growth. Or even as you you and I have talked about a little, little bit is that the, the world has changed in such a great way. Many of our initial desires within the entertainment industry when we first get in the business are more readily available. The, the thresholds are lower and the opportunities are higher if you can see them and understand the why and how yep. to engage. So there's so many opportunities to open doors in, people, in our listeners' mind and our readers' mind and then understand what the marketplace is like and then obviously take advantage of that, be part of that. Yeah. We're no, so excited. This, this is, this is a, I'm very excited. And, and then the, the, the key thing is I think you've got to really, I mean, obviously we know, I know some of your clients, that's how we met. But then also I think there's something, I just think there's a really interesting uh, dialogue to be had with these articles as, uh, uh, as a conversation starter. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really keen to see how your conversations with your clients evolve, what their feedback is what they're seeing relative to what I see. Because again, as I, I think, as I said to you earlier, like I know you know more than me. I know that you see more than me. I know that you have a, probably have a stronger understanding of the financial moving pieces in the marketplace than I do. And that's fine. 
uh, you know, I'm, and, and I, I'd rather have that. I'd rather know that and speak to you and your clients that way than try and walk in, uh, you know, in a, you know, an Elton John peacock suit telling you how smart I am. Uh, <laughs> because I don't, right. I don't, I don't need that approval. I just want to know that, that there are business problems out there that I'm at the very least providing a framework for helping to solve by contextualizing articles and the, the step of the supply chain or identifying earthquakes that are, are going to be impactful for people that are going to really are going to shake up the way that they look at their business either immediately or over the next few months. Well, and I was going to say that, you know, our listeners should be paying attention to your name when we're mentioning it and the conferences that we're talking about engaging you on. But now that I know you have a peacock suit, well, I, I definitely <laughs> think our listeners should be. <laughs> There's a, it's a whole new ball game out there for the Rev Team conferences in the next I, year. I'll tell you what, if I have, if the peacock costume comes out, first of all, you will know something has gone very wrong. And secondly, you will also know that something's about to go very right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's give our listeners the uh, the best place to get a hold of you and see you a in a photo of your with your peacock. <laughs> um, uh, uh, let's spell parkour for them. It's uh, so, yeah. Go ahead. You can. So do, uh, it's it's P A R Q O R. So it's a. Uh, um, it sounds like the French free running, uh, and that's intentional. Uh, you know, because funnily enough, you know, I, I picked the name because I once saw. Years ago, this is before parkour became this thing, you know, parkour with the P-A-R-K-O-U-R, before that became a big thing. I picked the brand name um, because I saw a video and it was in the French um, suburbs, you know, I guess in the housing projects, because that's where I think it's where it got some of its start. But there's a video and you know, big, ugly cement buildings and some guy was leaping from from balcony to balcony and rooftop to rooftop. Um, and it reflected a philosophy that I later found online where they say that they like to not only change the way that you see the environment around you, but also how you engage with it. And so that, that's always been the, oh. that, that's what I try to do. That's the root of the name. Um, uh, and so again, P-A-R-Q-O-R. And that's, uh, that's your URL as yes, well? P-A-R-Q-O-R.com. Um, and then of course we can find you on LinkedIn. Um, we'll put that information into the show notes. And there's going to be a reference here on this podcast in the show notes here for how to get a hold of uh, Andrew. Uh, feel free to go to our website, revthink.com, look up P-A-R-Q-O-R, or you can search for the name Earthquakes and find out how to subscribe and be part of the new RevThink newsletter, Earthquakes. We're going to produce that how often? What's our time frame for... I for the think newsletter, it's going to be weekly. I don't, I don't. Yeah, it's weekly. I don't think. It, I mean, weekly, possibly bi-weekly. I think. I don't think it's going to be daily. Uh, it's certainly going to be that frequent. Um, yeah. But if I mean, I'm not looking at the emails in front of me. And obviously, as you know, I've been. I was going to say work weekly, but I didn't want to put that much yeah, pressure no, on you. If it was going to be no, we've, said, we've set up a good process, uh, but it'll so. be yeah. Uh, Jake and Ashley and the team have been working with you, and um, I've been reading some of the sample stuff. Um, so I'm already a fan of our own newsletter. <laughs> I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today on Rev Thinking Podcast. Um, it's good to hear your voice and those car noises in the background. It's been a pleasure to have Tim, you on. I will get you the playlist. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I, <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in the new year. All thank right. you thank so you. much. Take care. 
You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at RevThink.com. 